What is up, everybody? My name is Jake, and this is another episode of the Rotten Potatoes Podcast, a podcast where four friends sit around and review movies you absolutely should have already seen, and one of us hasn't. I'm here with three of my friends. I'm Tyler. I'm I'm Zach Tyler as well. The two of you were not even looking at him, so I thought I would go first. I was looking at Zach. I just assumed Zach was going to go first. (laughs) I thought you were going to go first too, Tyler. (laughs) Thank you. You seemed the most ready. Should we establish an order order of how we do this? Or we just want to mess it up every episode? I I assumed that our order was we go left of the person who's talking. uh, So why did you assume Tyler there? Because Zach didn't look like he was paying attention. I mean, I went at the same time Tyler did. That's true. I just didn't read it in your body language. I think also part of it is that like I'm sitting across from Scott. Tyler and Jake are sitting across from each other. Uh-huh. So it's just more natural. Like I feel yeah. like more often than not, I am looking straight at Scott. Here's the yeah. thing though. I am also sitting directly across from Scott. That's true. I typically look at whoever's speaking at the time. Yeah, me too. Okay. So, so the left of the speaker <laughs> from that one. So we're, uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Throw it in a pole to the tots. <laughs> They're like, "What? This is, we do not care." <laughs> it's such a waste. So uh, yeah, we're doing a brother. Where art thou today? Yeah. Which uh, I picked. I had not seen this movie until the end of last year, and I just kind of watched it on a whim, and I loved it so much. I thought it was so fun. Uh, I think that the music, like the soundtrack for this movie, is the best soundtrack I've ever heard in a movie. It, it won a uh, Grammy. Yeah, for album of the year. Uh, like I think the music is so good and I think the sales outpace the sales of the movie. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. But like I had, uh, so I like to listen to a lot of music like this and I didn't realize that the recording for man of constant sorrow that I already had in one of my playlists was recorded for this movie. Uh, like I had already <laughs> right? been listening to that song before I watched this movie. Uh, <laughs> That was, that was great, Zach. Yeah. I, I thought that was Tyler, actually, at first, because I wasn't looking at him. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention either, and I was like, is Zach really talking over me right now? <laughs> um, Give that a little bit of context, Scott. Uh, we were just singing the song beforehand, and he didn't know that I recorded him singing that part. And I told him I was going to play it on the episode. So, um, But yeah, I love the music. I loved, I loved their, like this like wholesome, surprisingly wholesome friendship that they all develop with each other. I love the journey. Like anything that is like Odyssey, like I guess, where it's just like so, some journey that these play, people are going on, especially if they're idiots, I'm pretty on board for. Uh, so I'm shocked that I hadn't seen this movie before. I watched it then. I watched it again for this podcast. And like, I've, I've been trying to learn how to play the banjo in a really like banjo in a really desultory way. And then as soon as I finished this movie, I bought an online course. Cause I was like, I want to make music like this. Uh, but I just loved it from start to finish. Like as soon as you see them ducking up and down in the fields to run away from the cops to the very end of the movie, I'm having such a good time. Loved it. I, uh, I'm pretty, I was really excited when you picked this. Uh, cause I don't know if I've said it on air, but I've flirted with, uh, nominating this movie Every season. I think you've had it on the docket before and then changed it. Yeah. Um, In part because uh, I have such fun memory of it uh, and I enjoy it so much that I didn't want to run the risk of having my feelings hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I'm like, I knew you were going to like it, but I'm a little bit worried that this is going to be my field of dreams where I rate it super high. And then everybody's like, yeah, I didn't like this. Uh, but I loved it too much. I loved it so much that I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, uh, 
I saw this movie uh, for the first time in theaters. I remember seeing it with my uh, mom, my little brother, and my grandma. And uh, we came out of the theater, and I, I loved it then, but we came out of the theater. I have this super vivid memory of my grandma, like, truly saying, and she said it many times since, that she really wants this soundtrack played at her funeral. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, Did you see it on Christmas? I I don't remember. You were probably around 10. I mean, I saw it. I can tell you, I don't know why I know this, and I don't know why we were there, but I can tell you, I know we saw it in San Bernardino. Huh. Hmm. Weird. I don't know why you would have been there. Yeah. (laughs) What song does she want played? Uh, Does she just want it like down to the river, down to the river? Mm. That's a good song. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can you send her that? (laughs) Yeah. No, we're not going to send it to her, but we are going to play that. We're going to play that. Yeah. At her funeral. We'll, we'll, and, and not like in a loop, like when people are coming and going, Uh like we're going to have a moment in her funeral where everyone's silent to pay attention <laughs> for, to for that. that two We're going to have a moment of silence and then Zach's. I think you should just have Scott be there and have him do what he's doing right now where just like at completely random moments he just plays this. You want Scott to hype man my grandma's <laughs> yes. funeral. Yeah. I am the man. Yeah, that sounds great. I want to be there Yeah. that. But no, well, you're not I get an invite. <laughs> I I have definitely seen this movie before. I loved it so much more watching it this time, though. I feel like I've watched it twice in the last two months. If I went home and somebody was like, "Hey, let's watch it," I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll watch it again." Scott, were you a late bloomer? I was. I was the only late bloomer. All right, so I should go next then, right? Yeah. Um, I had seen this movie once before. The first time I watched it. I was kind of whatever on it, to be honest. And so going into it this time, I wasn't sure if I was going to be whatever on it or not. Um, I liked it more. Um, I like I like this movie. I feel almost similarly to this movie that you do, Jake, with like Wes Anderson movies. Okay. Like we're on paper. I feel like it should be a movie that I would expect myself to really love. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really charming movie. I totally understand why people would really love this movie. I have. I don't think I have anything really negative to say about it or any critiques but I don't know if I'm completely like taken with it like a lot of people are. Cause I uh. feel like I know a lot of people that really just love this movie. Um, I do kind of hit both times. I kind of hit a point of diminishing returns where I did lose interest in, in the movie a little bit, but like overall, I think it's a really fun movie. I think it's super well made. The soundtrack is amazing. It's so freaking good. And there's a lot of, parts of this movie that I found hilarious. Um, I like a lot of the, the performances, so, like, I mean, I think it's a good movie, without a doubt. It's not my favorite Coen Brothers movie, but if someone were to say, like, this is my favorite Coen Brothers movie, I wouldn't think that that was a bad take. I really, talking about the performances, I, I forgot to mention, I think Tim Blake Nelson and John Turturro were absolutely the funniest part of this movie for me. And just, I loved, like, especially in that last scene where, like, they're, John Totoro is trying to look so dignified dancing and he's doing the stupidest stuff and he's uh, yodeling or they have this interaction where like they've, they've turned, they, they, they left him, they left Pete behind and then, well, they thought he was a frog. Yeah. And then, (laughs) and then Delmer says, we thought she turned you into a toad. And then, and then Pete's just like, nah, she never did turn me into no toad. (laughs) And then they just keep going. Like everybody in this movie is so down with whatever is put in front of them. And I think it's so funny. 
I uh, totally forgot. Like, I remembered the character of Pete, but I totally forgot that that was John Turturro. Uh-huh. And seeing it, like, it was like, man, honestly, this is probably his best acting job. It's the best one I've seen. Yeah. Like, because sure. most of the time, it's sort of like, you're always like, yeah, it's John Turturro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just talking about wanting to change people's socks. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Stuffing birdseed into his pants, <laughs> playing with a bowling ball, you know? <laughs> Uh, but no, I, he really, he did fantastic in this. Yeah. Scott, you were a late bloomer. I was, didn't really like it. Thought it was pretty stupid. Didn't think you would. <laughs> didn't think you would like it even a little um, bit. I didn't think it was really funny. Really? Uh, like, I don't think I, like, I really remember sitting there like the whole time, like, okay, like something's going to get me. Like, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. <laughs> and the whole thing, I was just like, wow, it, this was a waste of time. Wow. Okay. I thought everything like not, I don't think that many of the jokes missed for me, honestly. I, I was, I was chuckling and I was just enjoying myself so much. Yeah. Like, I just felt like the humor was so like stupid the whole time. Interesting. Well, I, they're stupid. I don't think the humor is necessarily stupid, but they're idiots, which is one of my favorite like comedic the, devices is to have like idiots in these weird situations. And I think you can have some very smart jokes with that with idiots, but I don't know. That's, that's the kind of thing that gets me. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I would agree with you with that. And I feel like this movie executes that. Yeah. What were some of the like smart jokes? I thought it was funny when, um, George Clooney and the other two guys are, they had just escaped and then they were on that railroad with the blind old man and they were walking away and he was like, that's a sign of good fortune, like whatever. And he's like, but he said, he's, we're not going to get the treasure. And George Clooney's like, oh, well, what does he know? Like he's <laughs> just a stupid old man or something like that. Yeah, no, I think that every really, and I don't even know that this is necessarily a smart joke, but like, I love when, when they run down to get baptized and then he's like, I'm, I'm washed. I'm, the preacher <laughs> says I've been washed. And he's like, and I'm forgiven even for knocking over that convenience store or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh-huh. He's like, so you did do it. I thought you were innocent. He's like, I did, but I'm innocent of it now. <laughs> yeah, That was like, super funny. Yeah. I, I think that they, like, they just have such a funny dynamic and like surprisingly, I, I, I just didn't expect them to have such a wholesome friendship where they're just like so down for each other. Where like, um, when George Clooney's like, I, there's no treasure. That's a lie, but help me get my wife back. And then they were like mad and they're like, okay, I'll help you do this. Yeah. And then they just put them in front of a stage to play, to, to play to people while he's not helping them at all. And then Tim Blake Nelson is so dopey. And he says in the jailhouse now, fellas, neighborhood of B. Yeah. And then he just starts going. I just, I love it. I love how down there to help each other. It's just so funny. It, this isn't a great example of like the smart humor, but it just cracks me up every time when, uh, John Turturro's cousin sells them out oh. and the police show up at the bar and yeah. he's like, damn, we're in a tight spot. Yeah. He just keeps <laughs> repeating it. We're in a tight spot. I watched that movie for the first time with my family and uh, that bit just got my dad to where like days afterwards, he would just think like, damn, we're in a tight spot and just crack up. <laughs> yeah. The, the comedy works for me. I think the, like the story, it, it, it really in, in terms of like movies, like, this is this is a story that like really could exist in any form. Like I uh-huh. could read the screenplay for this and I think I would get as much out of it uh-huh. as watching the watching the actual movie. Um it's so rich. There's so many layers. I love the Odyssey overlaps. Uh I love the so you have, you know, like kind of a recurring theme of baptism. You have and like God and supernatural. 
you have the the old man uh, fortune teller uh-huh. or oracle, like the oracle yeah. uh, that you know sort of prophesies about all this. The the you know two guys get baptized. Pete and Delmar get baptized, and uh, you know uh, George Clooney's character laughs him off about it but is ultimately baptized in the end of the film. He's saved by God by being dunked in water. Like it's like, (laughs) it's so rich. I mean, that's like one example, but there's, I mean, dozens, I could go on for an hour by myself, just all of those layers. Uh I think this is the best written Coen brothers project for sure. Mm. Yeah. I think, I don't know that I would say this is my favorite Coen brothers movie, but it's the one I've enjoyed the most. And it is the one that I could keep watching over and over again. Yeah. No. I don't know if it's m- the one I enjoy the most, but there are elements of it that I think are just excellent. Uh-huh. Yeah. Soundtrack, the story, the acting, really fantastic. Yeah. Great casting. A hundred percent. Cause uh, like, Tim Blake Nelson was really kind of nobody. And I thought he was great. And you know, that's him singing in the jailhouse. Yeah. Now he's the only one of them that actually sang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think he's great. I liked John Goodman as the Cyclops. Oh, like he was so good. That was another one of my favorite funny parts of the movie is where he breaks the branch off the tree and then beats Delmer with it. And then what's what's George Clooney's character's name? Ulysses. Mm-hmm. He's like, "What's this all about then?" And he's like, still not sure if he's gonna rob them. <laughs> he's just like right. so confused. Yeah. He's like, why are you doing that? He's eating the corn. Yeah, <laughs> he like he hits Tim Blake Nelson over the head, and he just keeps eating the corn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim Blake Nelson also the only one out of them that had ever read the Odyssey. Yeah, you know, I oh. heard that the Cohen brothers claim that they've never read the yeah. Odyssey. Yeah, they're like, oh, we just know stuff from culture. But. Yeah. They said on Pete Rose, like when the movie came out, I watched an interview that they were like, yeah, honestly, like we just kind of thought it would be funny to open a movie with inspired by the Odyssey. Like they, uh-huh. they saw like the parallels as they were writing it and they just thought that would be funny. Uh-huh. Respect. Yeah. I like that. It's mad respect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that's hilarious. It's a little bit like the Fargo. This is a true story kind of a thing. It's the same, like, yeah. you know, uh-huh. the same gag, you know, but it works. It's yeah. funny. I had read too that George Clooney uh, was pretty ignorant to the Odyssey and then got the script and really didn't understand it very well and didn't really know how to act it out. And so he sent it to either his dad or grandpa or something like his that. His uncle. His uncle. Sure. Okay. So you guys are aware of that and who I think had a better grasp on maybe like that time in American history and then kind of like sent him the script back or like, he here's how you should kind of like play this, but took out all the cuss words. Yeah. He like, <laughs> uh, apparently what he had done was he tape recorded himself. Yeah, that's all right. of his that's lines, right. but he didn't say, it was just weird. Cause he said some of the cusses, but like he took out certain words and they're like, why, why are you not saying our lines the way we wrote them? And he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> because he threw out his script. <laughs> as much as I love cool collected Danny Ocean, George Clooney. I equally love goofy, dumb, this George Clooney. Yeah. I, Scott, do you have any response to anything we're talking about here? You're just sitting here staring at us. Blankly. It's what I'm, the audience <laughs> wants. <laughs> I'm just trying to listen to why you guys liked it. Did you didn't, you don't like any of the things we're saying though? Um, not really. Like I didn't think any part of it was compelling to me. Do you like the music? The music was good. You know what? No, I do like the music. I do. This is, I, I've been particularly into 
music from this time because I was learning how to play the banjo and old time string and this music. part of America kind of. Yeah. yeah. And like you get a lot of old time string music that's kind of easy to play where I was like trying to learn. So like I knew a lot of the songs they played and I was just super into into all of it. I will say Wait. the the actors not having their real voices and the lip syncing just felt so bad to me. Well, they can't sing. I know, but I'm but. saying like it didn't it, like it felt like the timing was like I don't feel like it was edited well either. Mm. I think mostly their mouths were covered by the microphone when they were doing that. Right? No. No. You can see George Clooney lip syncing. <laughs> well, and like, I mean, because the guy doesn't sound a single, like he doesn't sound like George Clooney at all. Like, no. I, I didn't feel like the movie was trying to convince me that these are the, like, yeah. the guy singing. It, it almost made a it a little fantastical. And it's, I, it's not hard for me to go along with that, you know? That's what I was going to say. Is I feel like it almost added to the fantastic nature. And yeah. I, it, it I liked it and I thought it was funnier than if George Clooney would have sang. Yeah. It, it was so unexpected uh, and it didn't seem right. But yeah, I think it did make it more whimsical, more fantastical. And the whole movie is that way. So it didn't, didn't bother me even a little bit. Every, uh, every song uh, watching it again this time, every single song made me smile. Yeah. And I, it made me sing. Like yeah. I sang along to the entire movie. They uh, apparently, that recording of Poe Lazarus that the the prisoners are singing is just a recording of a real chain gang mm-hmm. that they like got from somebody, which I thought was really cool to that is find really cool. out. It's funny too that you said that you were like playing the banjo and you wanted like this kind of inspired you a little bit more because uh-huh. right after Man of Constant Sorrow, oh actually no, it was even before that. Just one of the background guitar songs that plays like pretty early on in the in the movie. I paused the movie. And I went and got my guitar and just kind of started trying to like fiddle around and figure that out. And uh-huh. so it kind of inspired me a little bit too. Yeah. This is one of those movies that I think would be like my experience of Talladega Nights where like the first time I watched it, I really didn't like it. And maybe after like three watches, I would start to just laugh at it for what it was. But the first time I was just expecting more and I didn't feel like it was there. I do feel like Coen Brothers, they make movies that almost kind of demand rewatches to where there is just a lot packed in there that at least for, I have a hard time appreciating most Coen Brothers movies on first watch. And uh, I usually benefit from a rewatch. Honestly, the way I like to experience things, I do feel like in almost any movie or book or anything, if I liked it, I'm definitely going to have to rewatch, reread, whatever it is to actually appreciate it because I kind of like to go in blind and let the let it take me where it's going to take me. But then after I have an idea about what I'm getting into, I like to go back again. So I think honestly anything that I really like, I'm going to experience twice. In like just two different experiences, but I think I usually benefit from a second experience of it. I don't think that's like a, a Cohen Brothers specific thing for me. Yeah, that's fair, but I I think I do I think I do agree with you, Zach, a little bit that like there is, it, it just is like there, there's a lot going on. There's uh-huh. a lot going on and it's easy to miss, uh-huh. you know? Um, I like John Goodman in this, by the way. You that's did. A, that's another positive, I guess I'll say. Just that little scene with him and knocking him over the head. And what about the ridiculous. scene at the clan rally where they throw the, when he the, catches the flag, the at flag. <laughs> Uh, no, no. <laughs> I loved that. Don't sequence. let that flag touch the ground. Yeah, I loved that sequence. Yeah. Um, one of the things that that made this movie uh, like a real landmark was that this was the first 
film ever to be colored digitally. Yeah, I was reading that. So, uh, like up until this point, uh, you actually had to like you would color film with chemicals, and it was you didn't have a lot of fine control because you know it's like a tiny little piece of film and you're just using chemicals to color it. And it's a very labor intensive process to go frame by frame. Uh, and so you don't, you kind of just take the whole thing, you know, a whole, uh, sequence and you color the whole sequence to look, you know, the same. And, uh, it really shows up in this movie. I, I knew that, but watching it again this time, it really shows up, uh, with just how interesting the color palette is throughout uh -huh. this movie. Uh, it, it's really cool. And this was, you know, it was seen as uh, like a little bit crazy by uh, other directors at the time that the Coens decided to do this digitally. They were like, you're insane. Uh -huh. Like you can't use computers to to color movies. And now every movie is obviously uh -huh. even movies that are shot on film today like you know nolan and tarantino famously like still like to use film they're still scanned and colored digitally uh. and uh so you know this this movie really changed the course of cinema yeah and i read that they had to do a lot because apparently it was so green where they were shooting they said they said it was greener than ireland and they wanted it to look not so green. So we must have had to do a lot to that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of work uh -huh. uh, to get that sort of like champagne tone to the film. Do you know, I'm uh, sorry, changing gears a bit, but do you know what I liked? And I feel like we haven't brought up, but I loved, I even loved the the sheriff that's chasing them. Just his the menacing. Devil? Yeah. The, that he, I guess he tallies with uh, Tom, Tom Johnson. Yeah. His description of what the devil that he sold his soul to. But I just love seeing him show up stupid glasses and like just following him around. I, I thought he was a great villain who had maybe one line in the whole movie, but I still like, I, I just don't think there was anything in this movie that didn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. An imposing yeah. villain that doesn't say anything. Like I got why Tommy ran away as soon as he saw him. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, he's just, he's not like his presence is there, but he doesn't really do anything until the very, very end. Yeah. I think yeah. that's really cool too. Yeah. Scott, is still Scott's just falling asleep here. I'm just waiting for you guys to say something that's convincing. <laughs> that's so worthy. Of can you, can you say anything besides I didn't like it? I thought it was stupid. Um, I mean, I don't know what you want me to talk about. What, what did you think was stupid? Everything. Like, I, I don't <laughs> think the jokes were funny. I felt like they were stupid. Tell me, um, tell me one of the stupid jokes that they thought he was a frog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I thought that was that. insanely funny actually, yeah. but that's one that I don't know that I could convince you is funny, but <laughs> watching it, I, I thought that was insanely funny. Tim Blake Nelson, the way he sells that in that whole sequence is hilarious when he like jumps into the river and it's like trying, oh my God, I'm Pete, dying laughing. <laughs> like just the fact that his first thought was that was, de <laughs> that's definitely Pete. And then when they're in the car, he's like, I don't think that's Pete. He's like, of course it is. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> that was honestly maybe one of my favorite bits in the movie. Oh my and then gosh. when he gets, he gets squished and he's so upset. <laughs> and then the fact that George Clooney orders a bunch of bugs for him in a restaurant. Right. For the toad. <laughs> None of that did anything for you. No. The whole time I was like, why am I watching this? <laughs> wow. Wow. It was not a, it, there are like things about it that I thought were okay. 
Um, like I thought John Goodman did fine. Uh, and I liked, uh, George, the, the dude that was like robbing banks and stuff. Oh yeah. yeah that guy was fine. Um, Baby face Baby Nelson. Face. And you know, I liked the music. I thought cinematography was good. Like there are things that are like critically, I think decent about it, but the plot and the delivery of it, I just, nothing connected with me. I loved when they were talking when Babyface just gets depressed and then leaves. And then he's like, you know, a man like that, he got swings and he's, yeah. he's up and he's down and this is not the last we're going to see of him. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, it and was, then they see him getting killed again and he's like, he, the Tim Blake Nelson is like, he's back up on top. <laughs> it was interesting to me, yeah, how uh, they, because Babyface and then also Tommy like it was interesting how uh, these characters are sort of like moving through characters uh-huh. that like, you know, are around and then gone and then back without really much explanation. Even Pete, you know, is uh-huh. like, I mean, we get a little bit more explanation on him, but not a ton. Like it's uh-huh. just sort of like he's gone. Now he's back. And you I, know? I like it. I think that really adds to the fantastical feeling of it all where you're just, and, and, and it's kind of like, in the Odyssey, you know, you, where they were inspired from, like you just swept from thing to thing, and then like you're there, and you're, somebody's there, and somebody's not, and like I liked it. I, it just really added to all that for me. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I think it's great. So no matter what happens when we get to the scores, Jake, just know I've got your back. I appreciate <laughs> it, and honestly, I just I don't care. I don't care that Scott hates <laughs> this movie. I just loved it. Part of also, so I watched this like early January. Okay. And it's been now almost a month. Sure. But you hated it. And then. it was so forgettable. Like I can't even recall. Like it was so nothing to me. Like I don't re- even remember. Like I was just trying to think like, oh yeah, how did uh, Pete, how did he get re-released? Like I don't even remember like the plot itself. They busted him back out because they saw him. And then they, he's like, does Pete have a brother? And they drive right by him. <laughs> and then he just starts talking to them in the movie theater. Yeah. Um, and then bust him out again. Yeah, I don't remember it. So uh, it was very forgettable for me. I I love the the Odyssey component. Um, one of the other things that I, I think is just so fun and funny uh, about this movie and about the Coen Brothers is this is uh, actually the the name of the movie and and sort of the premise of the movie um, was a film within a film, an old movie called uh, Sullivan's Travels. And the character in that movie wants to make a movie called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The whole movie's about him wanting to make a, a movie or trying to make a movie called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And the Coen brothers loved that film, Sullivan's Travels, and they were like, you know what? Let's make let's make the movie that, that he was trying to make. Uh, and I, I love the joke, I guess, on the audience or on, you know, it, or it's just for them, you know? Like, they provided something you know, in my personal opinion, fantastic for us, but this was really just something that they did for fun, something that they did for love. And Uh I think that's neat. And I, I feel like that, I I feel like that's probably part of why I had so much fun is I think that they had fun doing it and they were just having a good time. And like, maybe, maybe some of it's a little weird or out there, but it was just, it was all fun. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Roger Deakins uh, film choices in this, like his cinema or his uh, shot choices. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause you know, we've talked a lot about him before and he does work, you know uh, with the Coens pretty much exclusively. Like he's like their only cinematographer and he's respected as probably the best living cinematographer. Um, 
But I feel like this movie was so, so rich with really interesting shots. One of them in particular, the opening shot, like you kind of talked about it already, but with them like popping up and up and down and running like that was such a beautiful frame. I I was blown away by by a lot of his shots. It's something I'm trying to pay more attention to, but I think honestly, I think I was too wrapped up in the movie to even think about it. Mm. I, I think if I watched it again, I might think about it more, but I was just too like sold and just into it to think about shot framing choices or whatever, just mm-hmm. because I was just enjoying them. Yeah. You know, I, w- I wasn't really thinking about them. I was just happy with them. Well, you did watch this movie twice in a month. You could have so, the second time. You I, it, it happened to me again. It happened to me again. <laughs> you got swept away. <laughs> yeah. Twice. Third time. Third time's a charm. <laughs> Maybe I'll pay attention to the mechanics. Yeah, I didn't like it any less the second time, you know, or yeah. like I had just seen it and I just had a good time. And I was like, I'm going to have the same good time again. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, cause I've liked all the Coen brothers serious movies and I don't think I've liked any of their comedies. Yeah. I, I was wondering if that was gonna, well, you were pop up as a trend. You were just so mad while we were recording, uh, burn right. after reading that. I didn't even know that that got a fair shot for you. I mean, I, if I liked it, I would have, he wouldn't it. have been mad. <laughs> no, but if he liked I, it. I think he was just so tired because it was like, 9 30 and that's about an hour after scott goes to bed i think that's but it was true ha- but it was having to stay up to talk about a movie that i thought was not good right exactly and watch a movie that you weren't enjoying uh-huh yeah did you not enjoy the big lebowski i don't remember i thought that was the that. best out of all the ones we've done okay um but i still don't think i rated it that high mm. not I, like no country uh-huh i also really love the big lebowski and honestly i feel like in a lot of ways i get some similar vibes Oh, for sure. Where like like the dynamics. So I guess it, it makes sense that I loved both. Yeah. So I gave Lebowski 7.9 and that was the highest Uh of the comedies. Yeah. Yeah. I think even like it's similar. um, Oh, never mind. That actually makes zero sense. Um, Sorry. What did you rate Lebowski? 7.9. 7.9. That's pretty good. I like it. It's better than you rated. um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Three billboards. Three billboards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say what that. other serious Coen brothers have we done other than no country. I think that's it. That's the only, that's the only one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only drama. What are some theirs. of their other more serious ones? I, I, I don't think I would nominate it cause I feel like we've kind of done the Coens to death at this point. Um, but I would be interested to see how you feel about inside Lewin Davis. Oh, cause yeah. I almost feel like that's the, the other side of the coin of this movie. Mm-hmm. Where it's I, kind of a, it follows a character kind of along a path and we have some character some side characters that come in and out of his life and it's very music heavy um and it's it's kind of similar type of music in a way um but it's pretty heavy and it's definitely more dramatic than this i movie. would like it if we would nominate another one of his serious ones and less of the comedies their serious ones yeah no. I liked Inside Lewin Davis a lot. I watched it for the first time recently. <clears throat> I'm trying to think about their other what I their other movies are. Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, True Grit was one of them. Um, Scott, this is interesting. We actually sort of are. Uh, so most Coen Brothers movies are written and directed by the Coens. Mm-hmm. Like when people talk about Coen Brothers movies, but they also write for other directors. And Bridge of Spies, which you had nominated mm. but we cut, was mm-hmm. written by. The Coens. Yeah. Cut it to get in fast nine. Well, I mean, you got to get fast nine. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to do the other eight. Yeah. We got to get nine. How would you rank the Coen brothers films that we've done thus far, Scott? No country's a, 
on top yeah. for sure. And then we've only done the the other two, and then this one, right? We've had four, this one is number this four. four. Yeah, Fargo. We did. We did Lebowski, Fargo, Lebowski. this burn, and okay. no country. Oh, five. We've done five. five. Yeah, I'm five. sorry. I keep picking them. I just yeah. I, I really like them. So <laughs> it would be um, no country, fairly big gap, Lebowski, <laughs> fairly big gap, uh, Fargo, burn uh, after reading. You liked Fargo more than burn after reading? Yeah. Okay. I it's, think so. It's interesting too that. I mean, I'd it, have to look at my ratings to see if that's you, for sure. But. I, I vaguely remember you talking like you liked it more. Uh-huh. It's interesting too that it, I, it makes complete sense, I guess, to me that your favorite one was just an adaption that they pretty much just ripped straight from the book. <laughs> Maybe okay. you don't like their stories. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no response. Maybe. Sorry, I was looking to see what I what I was uh, rated the old ones. Yeah, I, I had I had waffled on picking this movie because I was like, I literally just picked Fargo. I know it's been two months, but it's like, I literally just picked it. But I just liked it too much to not. And this will be the last Coen Brothers movie I pick unless I find another one that I really like. <laughs> this is a an iconic film. Yeah, no, for I sure. I deserving. Just, I think you're right that we've done it a lot, and it's almost entirely my fault. Well, you know who's going to be... They yeah. do. They just make super iconic films. Like, most yeah. of their films are just very, uh, like talked about uh and you know who's going to be very excited to listen to this is maybe our number one fan tommy he loves this movie oh, really? i posted on instagram a picture of the rp boys getting ready and it was uh this movie and we got like four responses which is you know more than we usually get sorry guys we're not that popular <laughs> uh and people are like love this movie they know they know that they're one of a hundred followers they yeah. understand yeah. <laughs> oh really so people were responding specifically to oh brother yeah they were like Love this movie. Super excited. Oh, cool. Uh, so like people like it. Yeah. One of, uh, uh, one person reached out and said specifically that they could sing every like part of the song and were willing to do it for us for the pod. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I think I would have enjoyed this more if it was just an album and not a movie. Hmm. I mean, it really, I'm, I'm, I'm only, I'm not certain I didn't read this. Um, but I'm, I'm, almost sure that I remember that this sold more copies of the album than the movie did. Like yeah. it's, it's a unique film in that sense that very rarely, if ever does that actually happen. And it's so interesting because it doesn't seem like songs like they're just like, it's a, a lot of old timey songs uh, that I don't feel like I, I'm just surprised that so many people were into it. Like I was into it and I think people would be into it, but I'm shocked that, that many people were, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah, something like Big Rock Candy Mountain, uh-huh. like that song, like had, hadn't had like radio play since the thirties. Yeah. You know? And now all of a sudden it's getting all this radio play again. And I mean, like, like the, the music I guess was so out there that I literally was listening to one of the songs that I didn't realize that was yeah. from this movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I just liked the song. Yeah. I, uh, I remember distinctly getting very excited, uh, a couple of years after this came out, I was probably 15 or 16 at the time. I got to see Alison Krauss and Union Station uh-huh. in concert. And uh, I was so excited to go see them because of this movie. Uh-huh. Like, like I would have never known that artist if it weren't for Man of Constant Sorrow. And honestly, I really think that the Soggy Bottom Boys is one of the best band names I've ever heard. I wanted uh-huh. to ask, like, how do you guys feel about that as a band name? 
Yeah. Right. How do you guys feel about us just changing the name of this podcast to, to the, the Soggy Bottom Boys? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It's a, it's a 10 out I'm of 10 I'm kind of into it. Like, why do you think their bottoms are soggy? I I don't really know they or care. Getting they baptized are. with their clothes on. They, yeah. I I don't remember exactly what it is, but I'm pretty sure Soggy Bottom Boy is like, that was like a, it was like a slang term. Mm. Like it has a mean, it's idiomatic. It means something. But. It, like having nothing to do with your bottom being oh, oh it's that's what it is. it's uh uh religious people oh okay it's why? like a slang term for religious people because uh, something having to do with baptism oh interesting so scott was correct yeah <laughs> i thought maybe they just pooped their pants Mm, don't don't look at the urban dictionary no <laughs> <laughs> but no matter what nothing is going to sound better than somebody yelling hot damn it's the soggy bottom boys <laughs> should that just be our opening from now on <laughs> maybe yeah maybe since we are soggy bottom boys yeah <laughs> Scott's way too thrilled with that recording. <laughs> <laughs> I think that doing this movie that he hates is worth it. So he got that sound bite out of it. It is. Like, that's probably my favorite part of the movie is you singing something from the movie. Well, and and Man, Man of Constant Sorrow is a certified banger. It's like, It slaps. It's yeah. so good. Uh, what... Uh, what about uh, the Tommy Johnson character? What did you guys think about that character, that, you know, the role that he played? There was a little bit, I, I want to be clear, I'm not baiting for this, but I also don't want to, like, bury any leads. There was, like, a little bit of, uh, similar to Three Billboards, there was a little bit of, like, criticism about the movie hmm. and its portrayal of race. Really? I Was he the accompanist? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I liked... Tommy, I like the, I like, I like old blues music from this time too. Yeah. And Tommy Johnson was a real guy. Yeah. Uh, who, who claimed. Yeah. It was kind of popular. So apparently at the time, like this, this whole like devil music thing kind of came out of this time where I think it helped these people in their persona and their mythos. But uh, apparently preachers at the time didn't like that their attendance would go down when blues singers were in town because people would be too tired to go to church. So they started spreading this devil rumor. So a bunch of people like Robert Johnson is the most famous mm -hmm. and then him. But I, so I was interested for that reason already. Like I was stoked to see him come up and I just, I liked his guitar playing. I liked what he added to the movie. Yeah. It's uh it's crazy that, you know, like you said, mostly, uh, uh, Johnson, but, but also Tommy, like, an entire like phrase like oh sold your soul to the devil like we say that that concept like oh that person probably sold their soul to the devil you know that came out of one person one musician yeah. or two real at this at the same time two musicians i think it's really funny that they're both named johnson yeah and not related to each other right yeah uh, and we're around at the same time yeah that's really interesting i i didn't know any of that so that There's was really interesting a really interesting documentary on netflix about robert johnson mm. i forgot what it's called is something to do with the devil it was really interesting talk because like they have a lot of like lyrics about like dealing with the devil that people then interpreted as that. But they were like, apparently it, it's been like uh, attributed to like dealing with the racism and the, the hell that they were living in right. in, in the South in the twenties mm. as black men. Yeah. Do you, the one of the, the like historic like lenses that people view it through fr frequently is that like, yeah, dealing with the devil was like these white people that like were 
listening to their music and we're also producing their music. And so it was like, I'm, I made a deal with the devil, the white man oh. in order to like get my career out there. That's super interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what, a, it's very, I, that's a good documentary I'd recommend. I'll find the name of it. What were some of the complaints that people had about that specifically? Uh, a couple of things. One, um, the actors in blackface <laughs> at one point. I don't wait the act. Wait. George Clooney. Were they in blackface? Oh. I thought they just were, had mud on their faces. Yeah, but it, it was blackface that they used to like. I guess I just didn't read it that way, but. And, yeah. and, but that was what the Coens, I think, were really trying to do is they were trying to show them as like they're, you know, as much a part of this as, you know, their friend. Like they're they're taking this on with Tommy sort of a thing. I thought that they did that before they noticed Tommy. They were like trying to hide outside because they just broken Pete out. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember oh, this maybe. scene. It, it read, I, I it read more of... like uh, smearing mud on your face and Predator to me. Yeah, uh, maybe. No, I mean, that's yeah. what they did. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what they did. But people complained about it. I don't remember this scene. I don't either. It, it's at nighttime. It's when it so ends like, with George Clooney telling them that there's no treasure. It's it's the scene oh, where okay. there where it, uh, Pete says, no, nah, they never did turn me into no toad. He says that as he's rubbing mud on his face. But okay. then they, but then they're still wearing it when they uh, get to the Klan rally. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I vaguely remember. And then also just the Klan rally, like it's not like it, uh, like glorifies it, but it, it, like you know, it's a, it's a weird look, you know. Like I guess, but I, it, it, it seemed like such a, like a hellish terror. Like I couldn't imagine a more frightening hellish That's scenario. True. I agree. Mm-hmm. That I agree. like. And it, it's something that happened and, and, and it was terrible. And then they were like, you know, saving him. And then it ultimately leads to the downfall of, um, what's his name? Pappy. No, no not Pappy. Not Pappy, Pappy. Pappy, Pappy wins. wins. Oh, that's right. Uh, the other guy. Wait, so who was the Homer? Homer. Homer, yeah. Um, that ultimately leads to his downfall. At the, well, one, hating the Soggy Bottom Boys, I guess, is more what leads to his downfall. So maybe it wasn't as good a look. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't necessarily agree with the criticism. I just know that the criticism existed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um but that like honestly that was like a genuinely like I could I couldn't think of a more frightening scenario for them to be in, you know. Yeah. And like I just thought they were like, you know, saving him from a horrible fate from horrible people. Yeah. But so I don't know. Yeah, it was it it was interesting cuz they really do like play like there there are a few people that are really like personifications of the devil uh-huh. and like that really it really is like a little bit of a person of personification of hell or yeah you know that that's a that's an interesting take yeah they go yeah. down into hell to yeah. i took it more as like frightening like this is what it was like not like a glorification of yeah uh-huh cool so those are my thoughts on on the movie just glowing praise yeah, nothing bad to say about it. Same. I yeah. <laughs> I have very little I have very little nits to pick with it. Uh any like favorite lines or or favorite moments for you guys? I know we've talked about several, but I feel like I've said most of them. I feel like you could pick any any scene that was supposed to get a laugh and I will remember it fondly and probably laugh about it. My family, we say uh don't come back to Woolworth all the time to each uh-huh. other. 
I loved what I didn't talk about. It was in Walworth's was George Clooney's bare knuckle boxing stands. <laughs> it was so doofy. I thought that was so funny. Um, didn't he like improvise the dancing? He did. He did. Well, he didn't improvise it, but he informed it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He, he's, they said, do these things. And he said, I, I've got something I want to try. And that dancing was phenomenal. It was goofy. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was so it was super funny. Like, entertaining. It was, yeah, it, it looks like how I imagine you dance. <laughs> I don't think I could move like that. <laughs> with, I really with don't. With that level of confidence, you think Jake yeah. has that level of confidence while dancing? Yeah. But you know what? I will say that that is that's Lord of the Dance approved. That, uh, yeah. That dance right there. <laughs> that and then also Pete's dancing before he goes and yodels uh, up on stage where he's just like doing the stupid stuff with his hands and knees. Love it. I will, 10 out of 10. I will say that is the confidence with which Zach dances. Mm. <laughs> I still sometimes pull up the video from my wedding <laughs> where with you and Trevor dancing. I think that was my Lord of the Dance days when I was the Lord of the Dance for a time. Uh-huh. Yeah, when he, uh, like, without permission, possessed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> so that, but that happened way before we had that conversation. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was unaware of what was happening at the time. He didn't know he had he, been filled. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you need to flag that. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we need to flag that? Yeah, like filled with the spirit. Yeah. I was just just making, right. making a silly joke. <laughs> just having a good time. Uh, it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> For sure. No, Scott makes me uncomfortable every time Look, I see him. I didn't love being filled, but it was uncomfortable for me as well. But it happened. <laughs> I'm leaving those. <laughs> I think my one of my favorite lines was right after they record Man of Constant Sorrow and they're leaving that studio and uh, the politician shows up. I don't remember. Is it Pappy? It was Pappy. Yeah. And they're like, you know that if you sing in there into a can, he'll give you a, he'll pay you for it. And he was like, I'm not here for that. You stupid cracker. Yeah. <laughs> Pappy's on- just so mean <laughs> to them for no reason. Pappy's entourage was also very funny Yeah, when they're yelling at him. And then he's, he's, they're just like taking everything he says super literally. I can't yeah. what, it's like, get him, get him the hat or what, what I, you know, I lost it. <laughs> it's not important. They were funny. They made me laugh. Yeah. That was all I got. Yeah. Yeah, they were pretty. They were pretty fun. Well, what do you guys say we uh, put this one to bed, huh? Yeah, did we do just the facts? We didn't. We did not. <laughs> oh, we just steamrolled it, huh? <laughs> so you guys tell me, you want me to do it, or yes. do you want to just yeah, let it do go? It. Do, do it. it. At the do it. I need it. But all right, I'm next gonna skip time. director and writer. <laughs> uh, it came out December twenty second, two thousand. Runtime of one hundred and six minutes. The other guys, or now I guess we can say Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, gave it a 79%. Um, IMDb gave it a 7.7. Had a box office of 72 million on a budget of 26 million. Uh, it had, so the return just under three. It did not win any uh, Academy Awards, but it did win a Grammy for Album of the Year. But it was nominated for three uh, for Best Writing, Best Screenplay based on a material previously produced or published, and Best Cinematography. I was going to say it, that something funny in the writing credits was apparently Homer was given a writing credit for this movie. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Uh-oh. Who's Homer? He wrote the Odyssey. Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I was trying to think of someone like today. <laughs> Who's Homer? <laughs> I thought it was like a last name and you were like on a first name basis. Or something. <laughs> 100%. 
You know, like me and Danny. Yeah. <laughs> I am on a first name basis with Homer, but that's just because the only name I know for him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Scott, it, it's uh, it's interesting. The Iliad is actually based on Jake's life. Like he uh, he's been friends with Homer for so long. Mm. Yeah, I'm Achilles. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Um. All right, Jake, you're up first. I I I'm gonna give this a nine point four soggy bottom boys. All right, that's really high. I loved it uh, so much. <laughs> loved it so much. Really uh, Tyler, I'm gonna give this uh, an eight point six. Uh, blind people. Zach, <laughs> I'm gonna give this movie seven point nine cans of Dapper Dan pomade. And I'm going to give this movie a uh, 7.1. Higher than I thought. Uh, frog Friends. <laughs> frog. Yeah, that was a lot higher than I thought. I was expecting like a five, honestly. I'm happy with it. Good. I mean, okay, so you clearly <laughs> think it's worth a 7.1, but I don't think you said anything about it that you liked or... I think I said a lot of things that I thought were fine. I said I liked the music. I said there were okay. a couple characters I liked. I said I thought cinematography was good. That's true. Yeah. Okay. I feel like... I, I don't know if I need to caveat this. Like I, this movie just checked all the boxes for me and I had to rate it so high cause I loved it so much. And if you disagree with me, I think that's fine. I don't know that I can, I can fight you too hard on it, but I loved it so much. I feel like I, you've I, defended this movie a lot when yeah. no one here's opposing you. It just, it had like a seven on F 7.7 or something. And I was like, well, I love this so much more than a 7.7 on IMDb. No, but, that yeah. seems still a little high to me, but. It is. I, I understand it that it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. But I'm going to give it some points for what it's worth. I've already said I would go back and change my five if I could. I know. I, can. I know. I know. Um, I've upgraded the way that I, I rate things. You've been redeemed as yeah. a as a character on I've this been podcast. Baptized, <laughs> and the Lord has forgiven me washed. for my uh, for my. There will be blood rating. <laughs> you I said was you didn't guilty do it. of it then, <laughs> but now I'm not. Um, what about your rating of? TCM 1.5. Texas okay. Chainsaw. No, that deserves it. Okay, so you think Quentin Tarantino is just wrong? When yeah, I do. Quentin Tarantino has some hot takes on movies. Does he? Yeah, like the fact that he says that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a perfect movie. Like, <laughs> would, would you even come close to saying that's a perfect movie? I think it's incredibly effective. You can listen to my thoughts on our episode. <laughs> yeah, but you I didn't think, You didn't rate it a 10 out of 10. I think, No, but I'm closer to him than you are. I think... I think Quentin Tarantino is a little bit like me in that, like he just objectively rate or objectively rates everything maybe too high. Like there's too much that's like too high yeah, because you know what else he said was a perfect movie that you hated was uh young Frankenstein. He said, that's a perfect movie. He also said back movie. to the future is a perfect movie. A lot, a lot of, people of people say that. that. I know. I, I hated young. You hated young Frankenstein. Uh-uh, you rated you it saw low. My, it, it's like a 6.8. That's not that low. I don't think you gave it a 6.8. 6.7? We just talked about this off air. And like, I love it, Young Frankenstein. It was a six. I think it's Scott. very funny. 5.9. Oh, okay. Oh, I gave it a 5.9? Oh, wait, no, that was Halloween. You gave it a 5.9. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Young Frankenstein is very funny. I would never in a million years call it a perfect movie, but I really like it. I we'll need either. to get Quentin on the pod. So you guys if can we can get Quentin on that. the pod, I will, I'll say anything he wants me to about any movie. If we can get him on this podcast, do you think, I, I feel like he just loves talking about movies so much. Do you think it'd be that hard? I, if we, I think it'd be hard to get in touch with him. Yeah. It would be but hard to meet I think him. If we got in touch with him, we have about a 50, 50 shot. Of getting let's him send here. an email. Let's do it. Let's, let's try to track him down. 
All right. I'll I'll dedicate a couple hours to seeing how possible this is. Just get ChatGPT to write the email. (laughs) Oh, God. How how should we go about this? Should we say like, Hi, Mr. Quinton. I met you on the floor of the Staples Center. (laughs) Not Mr. Tarantino. Mr. Quinton. Mr. Quinton. Do people call you Mr. Jacob? Uh, Nobody calls me Mr. Anything. Should we tell them that someone... Some some people I work with uh, that I... I, Because I I work with a lot of people that haven't met me. They'll send me a message on Slack and they'll say, Hi, Jack. And you know what? My name's visible on Slack. So, so nobody's calling me Mr. Has anyone thought you were their cousin yet? No. Oh, okay. What? His, His, name, name, is, His name is Cousin, cousin Jacko. Jacko. So it's like Cousin Jack oh. at his workplace. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, well, next week we well, are starting a, a wild ride. This came out to an eight point or an oh. 82%, by the way. Sorry. Uh, once again, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 79%. IMDb gave it a 7.7. So we're a little bit higher than them. Um, but yeah, next week we're going to one of my favorite Cohen uh, films, Rob Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Is, I don't, I know so little about the movie. That- is that who directed it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And it's not, I don't even know who he is. So um, we're watching The Fast and the Furious. Vroom, vroom, baby. We're on the year of Vinny, Vinny, Vici. <laughs> Although it it seemed like we were on uh, the year of George Clooney up yeah, until say, now, we're half of our episodes this year. Are I wonder be. if he made it into any of these. I don't know. He might be on a later one. Maybe. I think Fast Seven was the highest rated. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna have to get into July before we find one we like. Nice. But yeah, that's you know what I appreciate your positive thinking <laughs> <laughs> that we're gonna like one in July. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, I think that's probably gonna be our best chance. But. Um, I'm going to give uh, Tyler the last word on this one. I just, I, I got nothing. I really was not. I'm never the last <laughs> word. And uh, I just have got to say, uh, Paul Walker got what he deserved. Dude, I think this episode is just going to be effed up.